if you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, I just want to sort of tail off to what I'm starting on to this morning. That about two weeks back, I shared a message out of Acts 19, and 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 what it looks like when God starts to um, awaken hearts and people's lives start to return to the Lord, and and um, through Acts 19, the account that was given there, and. And, and, and one of the things that happened in Acts 19 when we read that account was that um, a bunch of believers who, who, who had come into a relationship with Jesus, um, all of a sudden they realized that their life was full of um, both demonic realities and all sorts of practices as well as... Um, little, quite literally, little idols, like little... Um, silver idols or icons of pagan activities and spiritual, you know, um, power to to sort of navigate life with, and it was so they had this kind of moment of revelation that oh my gosh, um, we've met the living Jesus, the resurrected one, and as our hearts are coming alive to Him, all of a sudden, all of these other little areas of, that their life was attached to. Um, they realized that they had to rid themselves of that. And, um, you know, quite often uh, it, it's interesting that when people do come into a, a living relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden um, they'll f- there's, there's this awareness that begins to take place in their life of all of the other stuff that's clogging up their life and that Jesus wants to liberate them from. And a lot of the time... We just kind of, you know, treat it like it's a, a less than, you know, real thing. But, um, you know, we, we, we spoke about how Charles Craft, as a missiologist, he, he, he discovered that as, um, as he was working in Africa, he discovered that um, many people accepted Jesus, but they still went to the witch doctor because the witch doctor moved in the spiritual power. And they still practiced sort of pagan little activities in the hope that their crops would grow well or their, their family would not get sick like the family next door or um, all these other things. And they would, they would have these little practices. And, 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 and we tend to, you know, we tend to box them up intelligently in things like, oh, yeah, it's just like an old wives' tale or it's a, it's a sort of a, like, a, it doesn't really matter if we have these pagan things around our life. But clearly in the book of Acts, we see that when Jesus invades someone's life, he comes to set them free from everything, from everything from spiritual practices and all sorts of things. And, and I, had a, I, I mean, I'm going to push a button here. I even had a conversation with someone the other weekend about doing yoga. And I said, well, you've got, to, you've got to really consider that. And they're like, why? I said, because yoga is all about taking on postures and positions of pagan gods. And it's like, and, and these, these are like spiritual gateways and, and, and opportunities that the kingdom of darkness takes to afflict, bind, and oppress the people of Jesus. That was just yoga. I mean, you know, I kind of mentioned like, you know, all of the gifts that maybe we've been given over the years from people who've been traveling through the hills of wherever, and they've brought back, you know, little pictures or wind, ch- ch- you know, dream catches or whatever, and in the ho- thinking that they're just innocent little gifts to us. 
But you've got to understand, we're not living in a spiritual vacuum. We're living in a spiritual contest all the time. All the time. And in that spiritual contest, all the time, the kingdom of darkness is ruthless in trying to um, rob the people of the kingdom of God of their rightful relationship with God and the freedom that Christ has come to um, bring them to live in. And so we kind of touched on that, and, and, and I sort of said, you know, half-jokingly, I said, you know, maybe you, you guys need to maybe think about and go for a walk through your home and ask the Holy Spirit, is there stuff in here that we've just held on to or received as a gift, innocently received as a gift that's actually like, like, a, like a gateway for spiritual power? In, and, and um, you know, we spoke about some stories of how Nicole and I have prayed through many people's homes and, you know, families, you know, couples that have been infertile, they haven't been able to have children and that we go through their home, we pray about the things that God says, hey, that, that there's not a good thing, you need to get rid of that. And all of a sudden they find themselves, you know, pregnant. It's like there, there, is, there is power at work all around us, all the time, spiritual power. And, the, that, that's, that's, and, 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 and so I guess what I'm trying to invite you into here, and I'm, as I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit, is a conversation where we take responsibility for our spiritual well-being. A conversation with God where we take responsibility and ownership of our spiritual well-being. And we start to make powerful decisions of of kingdom life based on our true identity in God. Based on our true identity in God. And so um, some of you have, have the Holy Spirit's been, you know stirring you up and, and, and speaking into you about these things. And, you know, I was, I was even doing a devotion during the week. Well, it wasn't a devotion. I just have like a daily reading program, Bible reading program, you know, on my computer. And anyway, it, it came up and it was, it was, it's the book of Samuel, you know, where it talks about how young Samuel was born and he actually became a prophet of the Lord. And, um, and he served under Eli, who was the sort of the prophet priest at the time. And anyway, um, as not long into the story, Israel is um, they're, they're they're far from the Lord in terms of the posture of their heart and their spiritual practices, and they're they're practicing all sorts of other spiritualities mixed in with their love for Yahweh. And in the mix of all of that. Um, they get hungry for the ark of God or the presence of God to be returned to its rightful place in the heart of the nation. And, um, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samuel. And Samuel brings this message to, to the people. And it's interesting to see what, what he said. You know, I was, I was struck with it as I was reading it. It's in 1 Samuel 7. And... Um, he is just picking up in verse 3. And Samuel said to the whole household of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart. So there's, he prefaces it, if. If, if. if that's what you are really wanting to engage in, if you are seriously given to restoring your relationship with God to the heart of the nation, 
he says, then rid yourself of every foreign god and the Asherahs and commit yourself to the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their Baals and their Asherahs and they served the Lord only. Um, you know, this, this is what it looks like when God starts to get a hold of someone's life. And we spoke about the nature of fidelity a couple of weeks ago. How, how God wants all of you because he wants to give you all of him. And he's done that through Jesus quite clearly. But there's this dynamic that takes place. I remember not long after I met Jesus, all of a sudden, you know, when I'd had this encounter, this living encounter with Jesus, that all of a sudden, in his kindness, and it's his kindness, in his kindness, and under the goodness of his grace and forgiveness, he showed me all of the dynamics that were going on in my life that I had attached myself to that were actually feeding me destruction and bondage and addiction and death. And he asked me, what do you want to do about that? I said, well, I don't, I, I don't want it. I want to get rid of it. I want to move out from underneath the, you know, the ownership of that stuff because I've experienced in you true love, forgiveness, and life. I want that, and I don't want this anymore. This is what happens when Jesus gets a hold of our life. It's like Samuel was saying to the people of God in Israel. It's like if, if you really want to come into the fullness of the heart of God for you as a nation, or i.e. for you and I as a follower of Jesus or as the body of Christ, then there is a shedding, a putting away, a getting rid of all of the things that we've attached ourselves to that we have to consult for permission before we say yes to God. That's, I mean, that's really all an idol is. It's something that you feel like you have to consult it before you can say yes to what Jesus is asking you to do. And there it helps you to see who's got highest pegging. It's all about power. And Jesus wants to be Lord of our lives. And so this Christmas, we are praying for a visitation of the Holy Spirit that's already taking place in your lives. And we are seeing people saying, our heart is returning to the Lord. But in the process of that, the Lord's asking them to rid their life of stuff. And I just want to encourage you, please, go with that. Go with that work of the kindness of God. Let him truly liberate you. Take responsibility of your true identity in Jesus Christ and make a powerful decision as a son and daughter of the living God. You have that capacity, you who have said yes to Jesus. You and I who have been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruit thereof of self-control. Who has the control now? You do. You do. I do. We have, through Christ, been given a generous portion of the Holy Spirit to actually now assert authority and exercise control. Now, control is self-control in particular. Self-control in particular is a fruit of the work of the person of God in your life, the Holy Spirit. We talk about that all the time, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. 
Well, the fruit of the Spirit is not just the capacity to say no. Consider yourself dead to sin. It is that capacity. But it is also then the capacity, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to make a brave, powerful choice. To then say, no, I choose to give myself to the resurrected work of Jesus in me, bringing me into the fullness of my true identity in God. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not just to contain sin and keep it, say no. It's also the power to say yes and come alive to God. Like Paul talks about in Romans 6, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. You've you've been filled with the Spirit. You've been given, we've been given the capacity to make very strong, powerful choices. And God's given us that generous work of his Spirit because he realizes that we are living in a spiritual contest. This Advent, this Christmas, as you're celebrating the birth of Christ, the birth of your God, our God, our living God, our living, dying, buried, resurrected, ascended, and now ruling and reigning God, Jesus Christ. This Christmas, as you consider your relationship with him, he is after you with a love that is so ferocious, so fearless, so given for our well-being, that, that as the Spirit comes upon us, we will find ourselves losing taste for the things that we've otherwise had to consult in the past before saying yes to God. We will find ourselves shedding old thoughts and patterns of behavior and ways of thinking and relating because God is inviting us into the liberty of his kingdom. The liberty of his kingdom, the generosity of his kingdom. It's an, it, it, there's, there's something very special taking place. And so, and when, when Samuel said to the people of Israel, you know, put away your Baals and your Asterisks, and these are all like icons and idols and pagan practices that people had just thought, oh, well, they're just cultural things. No, no, they were, they were spiritually alive and dynamic. He, he wasn't just say, put them in the cupboard, put them away. He was saying, deal with them ruthlessly. That idea of putting away is like, get a bin, smash them up, burn them, bury them, deal with them, and put them away, even as Jesus has once and for all buried your sin and my sin in the earth when he died. And by faith, through baptism, now we've been resurrected to live a whole, a whole new life. Put away that kind of put away. Not the, oh, I'll just leave it over there until I feel like I might need to play with it again. Put it away is the invitation of God this, this Christmas. Just deal with it ruthlessly. Put it away. Are you hearing me? God is, he is so for us. He is so for us. He is so for us and desperately wants us to walk in greater measures of life and liberty and freedom. You know, um, when I met Jesus, uh, I, um, I had an incredible encounter with him as the Son of God, as the Lord and the Savior of my life. And I can clearly account to you from that moment of encounter, there was a shift in me about my fear of God. 
where once I would fear coming into his presence, once I would fear being near people who moved in the power of the Spirit because I thought that God was going to rat me out. I thought God was going to come down hard on me. I thought I had this, this warped fear of God because I didn't know Jesus. But as I met Jesus, there was a shift in me. Something broke off me about how I saw God. I came into this newfound freedom where I could actually hear his voice and say, you know what? Yes, I'm going to follow you because I know you're for me, that you love me. I also remember the night that um, I got to introduce and lead Nicole to Jesus. We were out the front of her parents' house on the driveway, sitting in the car at, at about 10, 10 o'clock at night, and, and then it was after church one Sunday night, and, and I got to introduce her to Jesus and lead her to Jesus. Well, the outworking of that for me was, you know, I said, that's so awesome, Nick, and basically shoved her in the door of her house, and then I jumped back in my car and drove home, and, and much to my parents alarm while they were sleeping I ran into their bedroom and just started jumping up and down on their bed I said Nick's just given a life to Jesus she's just encountered Jesus and there was this explosion of life this explosion of joy in me that had to somehow find its way out of me when we meet Jesus we come alive and, 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 and this Advent, this Christmas, there is a kingdom life that's for you, for our family, for our friends and work colleagues, for our, our fellow uni students, for the people that we love and serve in our workplaces. There is a kingdom life for them of newfound joy that's waiting for them. If you've got your Bible, open it up quickly to Luke chapter 2, because in Luke chapter 2, there is this heralding into the earth or an announcement into the earth of the arrival of the birth of Christ. And in Luke chapter 2, it's a great account. And please don't read this like some fable fairy story. Please don't read it like that. Because if you actually start the very, at Luke chapter 1 verse 1, Luke here actually says, I've taken it upon myself because he's writing a letter He's writing a letter to Theophilus, which, which could have been a person or it could have been a people because the word Theophilus means beloved of God, those that are loved of God. And he says to, he says to Theophilus, I've taken it upon myself to make a detailed account of those who are eyewitnesses to Jesus. And so I'm, I'm writing this down for you, Theophilus, for those, those of you who are beloved of God. So... It's not a fable. It's not a fairy, fairy tale. It's not an epic story of Disney. It, this, this is like a guy who has thoroughly done his CSI training and gone about figuring out what actually happened. And he went and interviewed and he went and found the story that, that uh, you know, that, that they say that Mark or Peter, the, the, the apostle Peter first wrote. He's, and he's interviewing. He's finding out what happened then. What happened there? Who said what? And he, and he writes to Theophilus, and he, he writes this account. Now, chapter 2, verse 8 reads, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. It will be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, 
A saviour has been born to you. He's Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them, gone into heavens, into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord's told us about. So they hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all of the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, that's, a, that's an account of what took place that night for those shepherds that were out on the field that night as they heard the heralding announcement. Now, you know, I love that kind of little picture up there of the, of the little fellow with the big loud hailer because that's basically what was going on. It was like, hey, listen up. Listen up, planet Earth. God is here now. It was a heralding. It was a, an, an announcement. And in this announcement of the birth of Christ, the very first thing that, the, that, that Luke picks up on in that encounter is to, well, firstly, the shepherds are terrified. They're terrified. Because these angels are of the presence of God. Okay, so these angels that hang with God in the heavens all of a sudden break through that very thin veil between the earth and the heavens and, that, and it kind of opens up and these angels are there and these guys are terrified. But what's the very first thing that these angels of the presence of the living God say to the guys who are freaking out about God? Do not be afraid. God is wanting to rewrite how we understand and relate to him through Christ. No longer do we need to be afraid of God. See, see we've, we've sucked on the lie too long from the enemy that we gave authority to in the account of Genesis, in the Adam and Eve account, where we gave him authority to be uh, Lord over our lives for too long we've sucked on that lie and for, you know, forgetting who we really are as image bearers of the living God. As people who, who have been through Christ restored to God. And there is a move of God afoot today in the earth where people are coming into the joy of knowing a fearless relationship with God. Fear less. Now, the fear here, the attributing fear to God here is, is in the Greek word. It's, a, it's, it's basically phobia. Stop having phobias about who God is. That's exactly what the enemy wants of us. That's why the very first loud hailer announcement with regard to Jesus was, do not be afraid in relationship to God anymore. You don't need to be fearful of him anymore. 
You, can, you don't have to live under the power of that, that thinking from, from the enemy anymore. And it's interesting, the way that this word was spoken, it's not like a, a um, do not be afraid, you shepherds. It's a command from heaven. It's heaven making a declared command to the created order. And it's saying to all of creation, don't be afraid anymore. Because in the process of that is dealing with the work and the lies of the enemy and breaking that once and for all off humanity. This was a command flowing from the presence of God through the angels to the shepherds that night, particularly in relationship to God and what doing life with God is all about. You see, in our giving away our authority to Satan, in the, in, in the Adam and Eve account, we bought and sucked the lie and we've lost true identity. But now we can have healthy identity. We can know that that's why in the same breath the angel said, no longer be afraid, I bring you what kind of news? Good news. Not fear-based news, good news. I mean, I was sitting watching the TV the other night and I'm just, I, I, I turned to Nick, it was a you know, late night news and I just said, Nick, I, I've had a gutful. I have had a gutful. All, all I'm hearing, all the time, coming out of every media channel, all over the, you know, TV, radio, internet, it's, it's all about being fearful and joyless. It's a body count, it's a fear of terror account, it's a fear of anxiety, it's, it's fears of sickness, it's fears of this, it's fears of flying in planes, it's fears of driving cars, it's fear, you name it. It's just like, you turn on the news and it's a body count. And I went, Nick, I'm sick of this. My gut is sick of this. That is not the whole story, and yet the world's being told that is the story. When heaven has come to say, there's a new story to be walked in, where God's commanding his created order to come into fearless living, joy-filled living. Now, I'm not saying that that kind of life is ignorant or dismissive of pain or dismissive of tough stuff. Not at all, but it's how we navigate it. And it's who we navigate it with. We now get to navigate this with the living God as we come in under his good rule and reign, his good kingdom. You see, the good news was that um, he says, I bring you good news of great joy. I, I mean, for this day, a saviour has been born to you. It's really interesting because in that declaration, today in the day of, town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Now, saviour, that's not a word that was just commonly you, uh, you know, attributed to Jesus. That word saviour was, was, was a word used to describe kings and rulers in the earth. And what they would do is that they would confer upon the people of their rule and reign the generosity of their kingship. For example, Caesar would go and he would send his troops to the you know, outer reaches of the empire and they would take up a whole bunch of, they would go to war on behalf of Caesar. They would take up a whole bunch of new territory. They would take everything up. They would scoop up all of the booty and the loot and everything. And then, and then what would happen is a, a guy who was called a 
Harold would run from the front line back to HQ, back to headquarters where Caesar was, heralding all the way these news, this, 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 this news. He would be yelling out, you and Galleon, you and Galleon, you and Galleon. In other words, good news, good news, good news. The Saviour has just extended the reaches of his territory and you who belong to his kingdom now get the benefits of what he has done, though you have done nothing to deserve it. Our King, our Saviour has extended his reign in the earth. Enjoy the bounty of the Saviour. So when the angel of the Lord comes and commands the earth, he's, he, the angelic presence is saying, guess what? You don't have to live in fear anymore. There is good news. There is a God who has come and he is saviour. In his birth, he's extending the authority of his rule and reign from the heavens into the earth. And he's about to confer upon all who knowingly don't deserve any of it, the generosity of his heart and kingdom. This is why it's good news. This is why when Luke wrote this and those who heard this at the time, they went, oh my gosh, this is a revolution taking place. God is on the move. A saviour has been born to you. And we see in the life of Jesus, he goes and extends the edges of the borders of the kingdom of God in the earth, even as it is in the heavens, and establishes it once and for all. It's a good news message that our world, I believe, desperately needs to hear of a conquering king, one who came in love and authority and power, one who came and declared forgiveness to the most desperate of sinful people, to the most broken and addicted, to the most ostracized and lonely. A saviour's been born to you. A saviour, a king, and he wants to confer upon you the generosity of his rule. This is why we love God. He's a good king. Um. This, uh, this kingdom that's running through the earth, even now as we speak, being declared, is seeing many, many people come to Christ. But you won't hear that on the 7 o'clock news report. You won't hear that on the 7.30 report. You won't hear it at all. All you're going to hear is spiritual powers and dynamics that want you to remain captive to fear and anxiety, and a joyless life. Have a look at these guys. They do something really crazy. When they have this encounter, they have this moment of spiritual revelation, and something happens to them. When you have an encounter with Jesus as, as Lord, as Saviour, all of a sudden spiritual hunger gets released through that encounter. And their response in 15, verse 15 is, let's go to Bethlehem and see. Let's get involved in what God's doing. Let's, 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 let's leave our here, our life as we know it, and let's jump into what God's doing right now in the earth. Let's go and see it. Let's not wonder about it. Let's not theologize over it. Let's not sit and daydream about, let's go and get in on it. 
Encounter with God releases revelation power where our lives will want and be released with spiritual hunger to go and get involved in what God's doing in our life. Go and examine the claims of Jesus over your life, the veracity of his claims, of his power, of his love, of his kindness, of his forgiveness. Go, go and test the veracity of his capacity to forgive. Just think for a minute of the person that you just like, they're the one that just sort of sits under here in your rib cage your whole life. It's like, Arr. they just bring that kind of reality. Go and forgive them. Test the veracity of Jesus alive in you and extend them forgiveness. Test the character of his power to heal by, by going and standing with those who are sick and praying for them. I would mean, just... Great story here, you know, just in the last two few weeks of two people here at Vineyard Pine Rivers who have been completely healed, completely healed of food allergies and ailments. Completely healed. I mean, completely healed. They've been on social media just declaring it as a, they, they, they heard of the goodness of God. They engaged with the will, with his desire and heart for their life to establish his good kingdom in their life with health. And they've given themselves to that experience and Jesus's faithfulness and power and authority. And now they're like, they're eating everything that they can find with wheat and all sorts of stuff in it. And they've got health and strength and vitality coming into their body again. Let's test the veracity of these claims of the Son of God, the good news. Recently, the other week, Nicole and I, we got to pray with somebody about some of the demonic infrastructure that's involved in their life through generational activities that their parents and grandparents had, had participated in spiritual practices that were not of the kingdom of God. And it was bearing fruit in their life, like with sickness and inability just to be a, a sense of like wholeness with their heart, their head and their body. They felt very fractured. They felt very kind of there but not all together. And as we tested the veracity of Jesus' claim to be Lord and Saviour over the works of the infrastructure that had come down through the generations over this poor person's life, they were liberated. They got set free by the power of the, of the Holy Spirit come upon them. And it wasn't a quiet, delicate, little, lovely moment. It was the power of God struck that person with fierce love and joy and liberated them to the point where they, like, you know, their, 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 the, the demonic reaction in their body that we prefaced them up front, we said, please don't take it personally. We're not speaking to you. We'll be speaking to the demonic infrastructure that's in your life. And they said, okay. And as we addressed that demonic infrastructure, that stuff came out yelling and screaming. I mean, like, really vocal kind of you know you can hear it five houses down type stuff <laughs> it's like anyway it's like ah this stuff came out and then afterwards as that space was refilled with the the holy spirit as the lordship of jesus extended the borders of his rule in their life all of a sudden they they said i it's like i, I can see 
It's like everything's right. And they were kind of shocked. It was like someone gave them a new lens to see through. It was, it was a moment where the herald of good news was declared into the earth for this person's life and they got set free from demonic infrastructure. And now they can't help but just go running around telling everyone about it. True spiritual revelation and encounter creates increased hunger to get involved with what God's doing. What's he doing in your world? What's he doing in your relationships? What's he, where's the, the heralding in breaking in your circumstances? And are we participating? The other thing is that encounter releases testimony. Story of Jesus. These guys, they have this encounter and they, it, you know, they meet with, meet with the angels. They go and test the veracity of it. They get involved with what God's doing. And then they go back and they tell everyone they can find that what they were told is true. Our experience is that we have met Jesus. Just like we said we were told we would, we have encountered him. It releases a story to be told. The world's dying for a lack of a great story. The world's dying for your story, for my story to be heard. You have within you a powerful story that needs to be articulated. It needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be told. It needs to be declared. The, in the Greek infrastructure of that text, it's a, it's a verbiage. It's a doing. It's, a, it's, it's an outworking. It's me coming home at 10.30 at night, waking my parents up and jumping up and down on their bed and saying, God met Nicole. She now belongs to the kingdom of God. I had to get it out. You guys have got loud hailers. To partner with God is to be given a loud hailer. And that loud hailer is to tell the story of how Jesus has touched your life. The world is hungry to hear your Jesus story. Your Jesus story. And, and, and yes, I'm talking about the one where you first met him, but I'm also talking about the conversation you had with him this morning when you woke up. That story, you've got a great story to tell and people are like dying to hear it, literally. There is a testimony that releases joy to the world through your story and my story of Jesus. And one of the other things, i just finish with this. There's, there's two interesting things that these guys, um, uh, the scripture talks about. The first is, it says that they... Um, they carried the glory of the Lord. These shepherds, these shepherds, they carried the glory of the Lord. Now, we want to get all mystical about that. And there is a sense of a, a dynamic kind of presence of the living God, the glory of God that rests on his people. You guys carry the glory of the Lord. But there's also a sense here in, in that um, that word glory is also a... It's a verb. It's a doing word. It's a doing word. And it basically means 
to magnify, to celebrate, to honour and to make glorious. Now let me tell you how that works. My daughter, my youngest daughter, she's 11, she went with her older sister and her mum to her very first rock concert or whatever you want to call it. She went to see Taylor Swift the other night at Suncorp Stadium with 60,000 other people going, wow, we love Taylor. And, and, and she came home, well, the next day anyway, and she just wanted to tell me all about Taylor Swift. And the impact of Taylor Swift singing at this concert was huge. And we got to wear these little armbands and we all sang together and we all, the lights all, Dad, it was amazing. We had such a great time. Taylor Swift's so awesome. That's what a glory carrier does. They magnify and give glory to something that has been so impressive in their life. These shepherds had such a, just an encounter with Jesus like, we just want to honour him. He's so great. He's so awesome. Have you met Jesus? Have you met Jesus? That's, that's their... You, you should see, when I, when I prayed today, Jesus spoke to me. When I prayed for someone today, Jesus touched them. When I decided to, like, give all my money to the poor, Jesus filled my cupboard with food. I know there's people that do that here. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's what a glory carrier does. It carries this magnifying capacity. Have you ever been with people that's just like, you like to be near them because they, they carry something that's so, it's, it's like an intangible, but it's like, I just love being near them. They either make me feel safe or they make me feel courageous or they, they kind of, I, they, without saying anything, it's like my, I come alive in their presence. These kind of people, this, this, that's what a glory carrier is like. We carry this sense of Jesus. We just want him so magnified and personified in such a way that people are like, I just want to be near that intangible reality of God that we carry. I know there's a mystery in that, and that's awesome and cool, but there's also a part of participation in carrying that glory, magnifying, honouring, celebrating Jesus. And the last thing they do is they're praise givers. They speak praise of God. Um, mm, they speak praise of God. Praise of God, glory carriers, they're two dynamic activities of someone who has met Jesus. Now, if you have a fearful and a joyless life, my encouragement to you this morning as, as we kind of delved into, you know, Luke's account here, is that you maybe, maybe to come back to, to get back to the declaration of good news, maybe the pathway back is to start with praise. To remember that last encounter with Jesus where you were so thankful for his kindness to your life. And you just start there. And you just start to articulate that to someone and give thanks for that encounter with God, be it yesterday or 20 years ago. Start, start there. Start with that place of praise. And then once you've done that, just honour and magnify and celebrate the reality of him. Just do that. 
And from there, find your way back, back to that place of, well, hang on, I'm participating now with God in what God's doing in my life and in the life of people around me. And as I begin to participate again in, that, in those activities of God, I'm starting to actually come alive with revelation again and engagement with the Holy Spirit. I'm starting to actually hear God again. I'm starting to come alive again. You know what? I've got a story to tell, and I'm going to tell someone today. And not only that, have I got a story to tell? You know what? I've got authority on my life to participate with the God who's coming with great news for my world. And be fearless about it. Fearless about it because we know him and we're not afraid of him anymore. Start there, maybe, and find your way back like the shepherds did into that place again. Friends, I felt like this morning the Holy Spirit wanted to um, just knuckle in on something. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it. Last night I had a dream, and in this dream... Um, it was not a pleasant dream. Uh, and, and I've never, ever been one to... Uh, I, I just can't stomach the idea of horror, horror movies and, you know, and terror movies. I just, I just can't... I'm not built for it. I just can't do it. You know, it's like... So even like an advert on TV, if I'm flipping, I'm like, oh, get off, I just can't do it. I can't, I can't do it. But I had this dream last night, and it was filled with just terror. It was terror, was the word. And as and 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 in this pic, in this dream I was having last night, um, there was someone who I kn- I knew and loved, and they loved Jesus, and they're 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 a wonderful friend and servant of Jesus, and they they were they were being tortured by a spirit by a demon. And, and, and as they were being tortured, that it, it was so horrific to the eyes, like they were being physically tortured. It was so horrific to my eyes. And at the same time, this, this demonic spirit, it, it, I just had this sense, it was just taunting my friend. It was like just, just like playing at my friend, just taunting. You know, just like, and I was just like, and I woke up from that. And I was like, oh God, I feel, this is, I feel really like up, upset and really awful about what I just saw in my dreams. And I felt as though the Holy Spirit was saying to me, and you, you can test this with the discernment of the Spirit in your own life, but I felt like the Lord say to me, I want to set my people free from this spirit of terror. that's taunting people in the earth. Obviously, that is a very thematic thing right now with everything that the media wants us to be focused on. With some of the, you know, demonic work in the earth today. Let me tell you, that demonic work is not the end of the story, nor is it the whole story. But it does have spiritual power attached to it, where it wants everyone to be fearful. 
God, God doesn't want his people to be fearful. He wants his people in the face of everything that's going on right now to be the people of the kingdom. People who can be fearless in the face of everything going on. Now I know I say that from a very safe Western position. I'm, 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 I'm aware of that. But this spirit is immobilizing people. And it's, it's holding people captive from participating with God. You see, some of you in this room right now, some of you will find yourself being called by the Holy Spirit to go to the Middle East and to declare the good news of Jesus. Some, some of you will do that. So, some of you in this room right now will, will find yourself in the halls of Canberra speaking to those who, who, who get to make decisions about the well-being of our nation in this season. You, 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 some of you are going to be in that place to be able to speak the good news of God into that situation. You guys have got an amazing story that's about to be unleashed in this hour. And it's going to change our world. Because there is a move of God afoot of fearless love. Of fearless love. If, if this, this spirit has been knocking you about, this taunting, terrorizing spirit, where you, the manifestation of it is an inability to have a sense of joy in your relationship with Jesus and it's being robbed. If, if, if that's you, can you guys just stand up right now? Because I'm just going to ask God to come and like set you free from the power of that stuff so that you can live life like you are meant to live it. That's the way, mate. Just, 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 you can feel free to stand where you are. Just, what it, just, just fine. Just be... This is demonic infrastructure that we're pulling, pulling apart here and that Jesus is breaking off your life. It may not be about you know, what's going on in the Middle East. It may be about money. It may be about relationships. It may be the fear of never having a, uh, having a, a relationship. It may be the, the fear of he- not ever having health. It may, whatever, this, this thing just taunts and terrorizes you. Okay, we're going to pray for you. See, Jesus has come to set us free from that. Why don't you just close your eyes and, and you know, and let's just, let's just ask Jesus to come and love, love you right now. Father God, I thank you that in the name of your son Jesus, you have just come to, to bring us into a place of fearless, joy-filled living. <laughs> fearless, joy-filled living. And every spirit and demonic infrastructure that has been imposing fear and terror, fear and terror uh, and, and taunting, those three demonic spirits, fear, terror and taunting, we in the name of Jesus, with the authority of Jesus, we shut you down right now in Jesus' name off of our family. We shut you down. We shut down all of your infrastructure and all your minions. We shut you down in Jesus' name. 
And we liberate our family now in the name of Jesus to come out from underneath the power of that in Jesus' name. You no longer live, have to live under those, that voice, that atmosphere, that thinking, that fear, that spirit. Just come off in Jesus' name. And, and for some of you where that has like found its way more internally into you, we want to say we love you. We love you. But we say to the stuff that's upsetting your, your body, that's like upsetting your health, your hormones, your capacity to enjoy life in its fullness and, good, and, and, and food and, and all of the favour of the land. We just say to that demonic spiritual stuff in there, we just say enough now in Jesus' name. And we command you in Jesus' name, come up and get out of our family now in Jesus' name. Don't take it personally. It's just demonic infrastructure that's tried to rob you. So come up and out now in the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it. All of it. Out. 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 In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Out. Go. All of it. All of it. Now. That's it. Go. That's it. Terror. Go now. In Jesus' name. Fear. Go now in Jesus' name. Taunting, go in Jesus' name. You are not welcome here. You are not welcome here. These are the sons and daughters of God. And we bless them into their true identity and heritage right now. And we release healing power to their body. Healing power to their spirit. Healing power to their mind right now in Jesus' name. Be healed. And receive the love of God. Let the love of God wash through that place. Wash over you. Around you. Come Holy Spirit. More Lord. Fearless. Fearless. We declare a new identity over you. We declare a new identity over all of us. We are the people of the good news. The good news. The good news of the living God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We bring good news of great joy for the people. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are through Jesus. Now, those of you standing up, just stay there. Those of you who are just sitting around them, I just would love for you right now, whether you feel particularly like I'm really prepared for this or I'm, I'm not, I, just, I'm asking, would you just reach to the people around you? Just those that are standing around you. Just reach towards them and bless the work of God that's happening right now. Just bless what God's doing. I, I would really like someone with everyone, please. Someone with everyone, please. I got, I got, just, just come around them. Come around them. Holy Spirit, would you release your manifest giftings? of words, of prophetic utterance and encouragement, of life. Let there be power. Let there be power and healing. Now, I just I need some more folk. I've got, uh, down here, over there is good. We're covering over there. We've got some there. I just need a couple more down here, uh, up the back there as well. Can I just get a couple of guys just over here? be great. Thanks, guys. Just bless what God's doing. That's it. Just bless what God's doing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Good news. Be not afraid anymore in the name of Jesus. That's who we are. 
Let that let prophetic pictures and encouragement just bubble up now through your people, Lord. Let it bubble up now through your people. Let them speak new life to them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And release the story of Jesus through your people this Advent, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. That's the way. <laughs> That's the way. Thank you, Lord. More. More. Just let there be more. Let there be more. Let the joy come now. Let the joy come. Let the joy come now. The joy of belonging to what God is doing in the earth, in my life through Jesus. The joy of participating with God. The joy of articulating and praising God. The joy of being a glory carrier of God in the earth. Let there be joy now in our hearts and minds, Lord. Let it come. Fill, fill them, fill them up. That's it, fill them up. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.